Okay, um, we're going to uh, open up God's Word together now. So if you don't have a Bible with you, do press pause and grab one. Um, you might want one. That'll be great. Uh, but we're just going to read one verse from Deuteronomy. So if you've been following through the Bible readings, uh, you would have been in Deuteronomy this week. And um, I just want to read one verse to start with, because I'm actually going to cheat a little bit and jump from Deuteronomy into the Gospel of Matthew. Um, but I just want to read this this to you from Deuteronomy chapter four, um, just from verse seven. I'll tell you what, actually, let's, let's read from verse five together. So verse five to eight, let's read that. Uh, See, I have taught you decrees and laws as the Lord my God commanded me. This is Moses speaking to the Israelites. So that you may follow them in the land you are entering to take possession of. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people verse 7 what other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the lord our god is near us whenever we pray to him And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Uh, When I was reading that through in the week, that that verse, verse seven, just jumped out at me. Um, What other nation is so great as to have their gods near them the way the Lord our God is near us whenever we pray to him? whenever we pray to him and I want to spend a bit of time just uh, talking about prayer this morning because I I, I bet most of us are praying more than we've ever prayed uh, at this time there's so many things to be praying for and there's so many calls to prayer and and you may have heard from the midweek update that on Saturday Easter Saturday uh, we're asking the whole church just to stop what they're doing at 10 o'clock on Saturday morning and to pray together and we're going to be putting some more info out about that later in the week with some prayer points and things like that Um, but there's so much around prayer right now and if ever there's a time to pray like now is the time uh, to to pray. I had an email from Pat Chadwell in the week just sharing her thoughts uh, about what she'd been reading and just the bit that stood out to her in Deuteronomy, this sense that that God is calling people back to himself to recognise him again, uh, to turn and pray. Let's pray to him. Uh, And so I want to just take Jesus' words uh, that he gives the disciples on how to pray. So turn in your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to look um, at the Lord's Prayer. And, and I, I want to just uh, kind of say that I think that the Lord's Prayer teaches us something really significant about prayer. See, prayer is not just asking God why. It's not just giving God a list of actions for him to achieve. Actually, prayer is something so much more than that. Prayer is actually about us aligning our hearts with his So let's read from Matthew chapter 6 verse 5 to 13 together. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. 
Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I just want to go through that prayer line by line and pull out some things from that. And maybe you've heard many, many sermons on that. And maybe what I'm about to share with you, you already know. That's fantastic. This is let's just remind ourselves of some of this stuff, because I think right now the words of Jesus on how to pray are so important for us as a church, as a community, as a nation, as individuals and as a world. These words are so key for us. So Jesus starts off his prayer with with the words our father in the hebrew abba literally daddy daddy there are many ways that the jews started their prayers some of them are these they would have started with lines like god of our fathers or, or god of abraham god of isaac god of jacob or they may have started blessed one or holy one or builder of jerusalem or mighty one, or even redeemer of Israel. Like what grand titles for God to start your prayers with. I mean, they speak of just how big God is and we're about to say this prayer to him and call upon him and bring our heart and our needs before him. Um, and they start with those kind of big lines that, that give almost give hope and faith to us about who God is and how great he is. But Jesus chose a different uh a way of starting his prayer. He chose Abba, our Father, Daddy. Is is intimate language. You see, there's something that Jesus wants us to get about praying to, to God. Is that uh, calling him Daddy, calling him Father, calling him Abba? It actually says something not just about who He is, but about who we are. You see, it reaffirms for us that, that we are children of God. And being a child is very different to being a subject. You see, as a child, you can come with confidence. But as a subject, maybe we come with uncertainty. Like we're coming to this powerful God. Will he? Can he? Would he? And many of us, we feel that with like our politicians and leaders now, don't we? There's that sense of uncertainty that as subjects, when we come before rulers, oh, will they listen? Will they even take on board what I want to bring? But with a father who loves you, like that is different that is different and we can say uh, to a father whose arms are around us anything we want to a to a father who is totally for us we can come there with confidence and boldness uh, also um, means that um, it, it is different when God might say no so calling him father means that 
our response to him is different when God might say no to our prayers. Um, with uh, disconnected rulers, when they say no, uh, it can stir in us sometimes uh, anger. Uh, and we can think, what do they know? But they're up there living lofty with their apartments and in their nice places and gathering in these kind of big assemblies where they discuss the stuff that just us little people, like we have to live through and they don't know anything of it. And we can feel like that. Uh, but when our loving father says no, even though we may not understand, we can trust that his answer is because he loves us. So to start our prayers uh, with Abba is so, so different. It's so, so different. You, you remember when we um, did the series on Exodus 34 back in March last year and we talked about the name of God. You remember that, that God gave his name, Yahweh, to his people. And uh, he said to them, this is my name. That you are to call me for every generation. But not long later they stopped calling him by his name and replaced it with Jehovah and Lord and all kinds of other things. Um, for, for, for really honourable reasons. They were fearful of breaking the commandments. They wanted to honour God. He's God after all. We want to honour him, right? Um, but they lost something about this God that is so different to any other gods in the world Um is that this God, he is a father and he is intimate. He gave them his name. And when we start our prayers, we can call him Lord. We can call him God. We, we can say something that declares his greatness. Um, I, I remember when I first joined uh, the eldership, Mark Godbeer went through a time of praying and he'd always start like this. God of good things. And then he'd launch into his prayer. And I love that because at the time it, it was a difficult time. But he was declaring that God was good and he was a God of good things. And that was how he was starting his prayers. And we can do that. Um, but Jesus gives us a different title, Abba, Daddy, an intimate title. He's reclaiming some of that intimacy again that God gave to his people when he gave them his name. The next line in the prayer says, who are in heaven. Uh, and we so often in our modern world, we have a problem with this line that we don't even realise it's a problem. Because we read in heaven and we think way up there, like somewhere far, far away where I'll be when I die. Uh, but the early followers of Jesus, they did not think like that when Jesus gave them these words. To them, heaven uh, means something else. Heavens, literally in its original Greek and Hebrew, the words that are used, it means this. It means visible heavens, the sky, the atmosphere, the starry heavens. And it also means the spiritual heavens. You see, the two are literally connected. They're not disconnected. It's the same word uh, and it's spoken to mean these things, both the atmosphere and the spiritual heavens, the starry heavens, the sky and the spiritual realm. Literally, the word means the air, the air. You see, Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is near. It is close. It's as close as the air that you breathe. You could literally breathe it in. You see, God's dwelling isn't in the Old Testament temple anymore. The New Testament tells us in Ephesians chapter 2 and a number of other places that, that we are now the temple of the Spirit. Uh, the, the Spirit of God is in you. The dwelling of God is in you. If you're a believer in Jesus today, then he dwells in you. His 
kingdom reign is there his kingdom is there the heavens are as close as the air to us he is not a distant ruler he is a close loving father we're not asking or pleading for someone who's far far away who knows nothing of how we feel and what we're experiencing to do something now when we pray we're sharing our heart and our mind with our father who loves us and and who is close to us as close as the air that we breathe the, the prayer goes on, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. When we realise that he is this close to us, like doesn't it make you want to worship him, to honour him, to sing of how amazing he is? We've talked before about um, uh, how worship is all about that from the book of Leviticus. We use the word Corban, remember that? Uh, the Hebrew word literally uh, meaning offering, worship, the act of offering. And it's actually about it. its root word. You'll remember me talking about this before. The root word of the word Corban literally means to draw near. The whole book about worship in the Old Testament is about drawing near. So, uh, if when you speak those words at the start of your prayer, like our Father in heaven, you're not feeling near, then start to worship. Start to worship because it draws us near. Um, it draws us near to him. The words that Jesus actually speaks uh, that we translate as hallowed be your name. Uh, literally, they read like this. May it be made holy your name. I love this because it's a recognition that there is nothing that we can do to make his name holy. No song, no action, no good deeds, no words can make his name holy. Only he can make things holy because he is the holy one. The phrase uh, really means for God to demonstrate his holiness. Show us your holiness. Um, reveal your holiness. So our worship isn't about making him holy, but about allowing him to reveal to us his holiness. Now, when that does happen, when he reveals his power, his might, his strength, his glory, all the things that set him apart and make him the holy one, I want to be receiving that as a child, not as anything else. Because covered by his love, his mercy and his grace is the only way that you can really still be left standing when he reveals that. Which is why we start our prayer, Abba, Daddy, like I'm your son, Father, I'm your son, show me your holiness. Jesus goes on and says, your kingdom come, your will be done. Lord, reveal your holiness to us, show us who you are. Your kingdom come, your will be done. So often when we come to pray, uh, we come to God with our requests, like how we would like things to play out and be done. And they seem good to us, right? Uh, but this is our rule, our way, our kingdom, our will. And Jesus teaches us that the way to pray is to seek the Father's kingdom and the Father's will. He is our Father, but he is still the King looking as we read the story of the bible we read so many ups and downs that the people went on in their journey uh, but we also read of their continued hope that god is bringing his kingdom uh, 
for us uh, this part of the prayer especially now is so important we um we may want many many things to happen but we can stand in this moment with the great cloud of witnesses all the people of faith in history that have gone before us and continue the prayer your kingdom come your will be done believing that god is at work fulfilling his purposes uh, at this time as at any time really we have a choice do we pray and choose to live out the words your will be done or not instead choosing our will will uh, we be those who choose our father and our king's heart uh, and live as people of faith hope and love even in these times uh, or will we be bringers and carriers of fear and despair and evil anger and hatred do we choose his will or do we choose our will do we come to him with god we want you to do or do we come to him and say god what do you want us to do the prayer goes on your, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, we can um, and we will see God's kingdom come and his will be done, but not just when we die. No, we'll see it done here on earth as it is in heaven. But for that, we need to be a people who draw near to him as father and, and actually ask him, what is your heart, your will, your plan? Rather than being those uh, that Jesus calls hypocrites who pray with many and long words, telling God uh, their will and their plan and their heart. We talked about Job last week and uh, all his words and praying they led simply at the end to God saying, Job, do you trust me? And I believe that God loves our prayers. And I think that there's a time and a place to cry out and to keep being persistent in prayer. And maybe that time is now. Uh, but I think that the purpose of that is actually more about getting us close to our father. Uh, like a child who is really upset, kicking and screaming and crying. Ultimately, what happens is maybe that situation doesn't change, but that parent ends up grabbing hold of that child, wrapping their arms around them and squeezing them tight, whispering in their ear, I love you. I've got you. I've got you. I've got this. You see, prayer is more about us discovering his heart and aligning our thoughts with his it's not so much about the other way around. Uh, he, after all, is God and we are not. The next line in the prayer says, give us today our daily bread. You see, he knows already exactly what we need. He is our great provider. And we're going to be sharing communion after this. And it reminds us that in Jesus, we have all that we need. I believe that. I know, uh, particularly at a time like this, that that can be a struggle for some people to say that in Jesus we have all that we need. Maybe we say, yeah, sure, we believe that to some degree, but we need more. You know, what about if we or those that we know are ill and they're facing death? Like, surely, yeah, they need Jesus, but they need medical attention too, right? And maybe they do. Um, but I believe that, uh, that in Jesus, even in the face of death, we have all that we need in him. In Jesus, uh, we have peace and, and we can have hope uh, that even if we die, 
which we may and one day all of us will some of us sooner rather than later but in Jesus death is not the end we have the hope in that and that hope brings us peace and confidence this is all that we need it might not be all that we want but these are different things all that we need and all that we want are different things our God will supply all that we need. I believe that. I trust that. I hope in that. And church, I call you to put your trust and your hope in Jesus for that too. And I believe that you guys do. Give us today our daily bread. We trust you for what we need, God. No more, no less. Even if these days are our last, we trust you, Jesus. And forgive us our trespasses, you know, um, I was thinking about this line. I was thinking that so often at times like this, when we come to pray, our heart is to want to pray for other people. And that's all good. And that's right. And in all the prayer requests that we've been putting out, we've been saying, hey, pray for those who are isolated, pray for those who are ill, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we want to be praying for other people. That is good and right to do that. And throughout the Bible, uh, various times we're called to pray for people and those in need. But it is also important that we still come as ourselves before God. And we say, God, this is where we're at. And, and, and like we need daily bread, daily we need your forgiveness. His kingdom comes through individuals, one person, one heart at a time. And if we want to see his kingdom come and his will done, then we need to be right with him, living with him as our king under his rule. Which actually leads to the next few lines that I want to group together just for a moment. Um, as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So often when we read that line, lead us not into temptation, I think our minds jump to stuff like, Lord, keep us from all kinds of wickedness and dark things. You know, sex, drugs and rock and roll. N not that all of those things are actually bad. I'll leave that for you to think about. Um, but uh, at this time there are all kinds of temptations there's the temptation not to think about God Sundays are, are, are closed down our gatherings are closed down so Netflix kind of becomes the new thing that I give my time offering to uh, temptation to become lazy which actually leads to laziness in thought and heart as well the temptation to only think of myself above others. You know, this is a time when, gosh, like we could catch something and get ill and die. And I'm going to think of myself first. And, and I think it's right to care for yourself and to, and to be good. But we still want to put others first. We still want to love well. But there's that temptation that, that caring for ourselves locks down everything. The thing is, uh, is that if we are praying and bringing ourselves to God, like we we're talking about in the forgive us our trespasses, then he will be at work within us and our hearts, they will be changed and we will not be selfish and we will act differently when we bring ourselves before God and we say, here we are, God, deal with me first. Actually, we're allowing his kingdom to come in us. And if we want to see his kingdom in the world, then it starts here. I need to live under his rule and reign. I need to bring myself before him. Um, and so as I bring myself before him, I am filled with his spirit and I am transformed. And then I am able to forgive those who have done wrong to me. 
and, and, and I am able to not walk towards temptation, but walk away from it and not be selfish and act differently and love differently. Even if that's something as small but hugely selfless as just checking in on your neighbour and offering to pick something up for them when you go to the shop or just giving someone a call. Um, there's someone in our church, I, I won't name them, but I'm really grateful. The other day I got a phone call from her and she's just, she can't get out and she's at home, uh, but she's just calling round people, just saying, hey, I'm praying for you today. I'm praying for you today. And I got a call from her to say that and, and it, it meant the world to me just to know that she was praying. What a selfless act to use her time to pray for us. Um, yeah, we, <laughs> we see here in Jesus' words a different way to pray. It isn't just God, do this for me. It isn't just God, this is what I'm worried about. It isn't just God, here are my hopes and dreams, my plan, my will, my kingdom. Not that we'd ever call it that, but it isn't that. In, in, in Jesus' words, we discover a different way to pray. A way that says, Father, show me who you are and show me your heart for me and for the world around me. Bring your kingdom in me and let it through me transform this world. Let my thoughts, my will, my heart be aligned with yours. Guys, uh, on Saturday, next Saturday, we're going to call the whole church to pray together. 10 a.m. Saturday morning, Easter weekend, whatever you're doing, young and old alike, we want you to just stop what you're doing and come together and pray. Maybe you can do that for 10 minutes, maybe half an hour, maybe an hour. But whatever it is, we want to come together as church and pray together. We want to draw near to him. We, we want to discover that he's with us. Deuteronomy chapter 4 verse 7 what other group of people has a god like our god who is near to us when we pray you know maybe there's so many things that you need right now but i believe that they're found in jesus and we need him to be near us how do we discover him near to us we pray we pray we pray let's align our hearts to his